You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Well, the devil definitely made me do it. It made me watch this piece of shit. Eric, how the hell are you doing? <laughs> Excited to talk about this one. We have another special episode because Jordan is hot. Hot yeah. from watching this movie. Like, you just got done moments ago. Yeah, right. It, it, it's taken me three days to watch it. Not No bullshit. It, it took me two, but that was only because I was tired from a, a busy day. And then I thought I'd uh, go home to give it a watch, and it uh, turns out I could not stay awake for it. There is, there's a lot going on in this movie without there being a whole lot going on in this movie. Absolutely right. I mean, a little backstory here. Um, I kind of fell out of my love for supernatural horror films, kind of. You know, I just, I, I kind of fell out of that a long time ago, a real long time ago. And one night, I'm on Netflix years ago. This was probably around the same time we started Movie Guys Podcast. So six years ago, I stumbled upon a movie called The Conjuring. And I was like, what the fuck's The Conjuring? And it had that weird tree, you know, uh, poster. And I'm like, okay, let's give this a try. Six years ago, grown-ass man, I couldn't walk down the hallway from the living room to the bedroom because I was actually legitimately scared. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this, this witch, the clapping game? Oh, oh my God. You know, just like, that was great. And then I, you know, figure out who's made it. And I was like, oh, James Wan, okay, dead silence. Eh. But, you know, I was like, okay. So then when I heard the sequel was coming out, which came out while we were doing Movie Guys, we never reviewed it. And I don't. Did, did we review other things from the Conjuring universe, though? Did we, didn't we, re- we review Annabelle? Yes, we reviewed the Annabelle movie so far. We haven't done The Nun or The Curse of La Lorana or – I mean this is the first Conjure movie we reviewed. And I watched the sequel, really hyped for the sequel, uh, went there to theaters to see it, walked out completely disappointed. So when this movie is coming out in HBO Max, okay, first one was great. Second one kind of burned me. What's the third one going to do? The devil made me do it. This is a very famous case. This is the real-life case of the of the first time ever in court where a guy used that he was possessed by Satan himself, which is why he killed the guy. This is based on a true story. So I'm like, interesting. Yeah, all, all of the Conjuring universe, or I'm sorry, the, the Conjuring trilogy is based off of the adventures, I guess if you want to call them that, the the documents of ed and lorraine warren mm-hmm. famous demonologists from the 70s 80s and 90s uh doing their thing and i am a big james wan fan like i i feel that he is going he has already cemented his role eternal in scary movies he has a technique he has a style i very much like it the way the conjuring was done the way that insidious was done it's just a, i'm just a fan of it like it it's it's minimalistic. He does sound and camera. That's what you need for a scary movie. We don't need the big costumes, the big monsters. Those are fun to have. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to build the tension, especially in a ghost story, there's no better way to do it than to to make a bump go in the night and find out what's what's basically around the corner, what's down the stairs, what's in the attic, what's in the basement. 
And I think that the Conjuring did that fantastically. Conjuring 2, I agree with you, Jordan. It still had the same kind of feel, the same James Wan uh, technique that was in the movie, but the story was a little meh. And there were parts of it where it just kind of got a little eye-rolly, where it's just like, okay, well, now you just have a big scary monster just like destroying a house, walking through it, and, you know, like it just seems kind of, there are parts of it that just were very, very unbelievable. You know, obviously the, the entire movie itself is supposed to be based on a true story and very exaggerated and take into that what may. But when you have a giant crooked man spirit being going through and destroying a, a, a house, a flat, I guess, and of a rental, by the way, too. And it just it just seemed a bit far fetched. This movie happened and we have a different director. Yes, this is, yes. No, this is no longer James Wan. This is Michael uh, Chavez, who who just got done doing the Curse of La Llorona. So obviously, he's kind of friends with James Wan. If this is the second movie he's going to be doing in the Conjuring universe, mm-hmm. um, and it it wasn't it was there, but it it was not there like everything was predictable and the way that they the characters ed and lorraine warren kind of stumble upon and do like this sleuth detective stuff it it's just kind of seems scooby-doo-ish almost if i could say that you know well it, what no, yeah i mean like right now what is what's failing is is that they're making sequels off of these off of these cheap one-off horror films and then the sequels are completely out of left field like for another example Another small little uh, indie, if you will, horror film that I really liked was Sinister. That was very, very interesting. And then they make the sequel, and it completely shits the bed. And that's kind of what's going on with the Conjuring series right now. Is that the first one was great, came out of nowhere. Sequel comes in, it's like, uh, okay, medium bag at best. And then we get this, which again, okay, we got to talk about this, Eric. But I was hyped for this one because so was I. So was I. because this is a story that I've heard about. Uh, I, I, I've learned about the story just in, in life, you know, about, oh, this is the first case where a guy said that the devil made me do it. And it's like this big, huge ordeal. So I'm excited to see what we get. And the opening of this film, we get an eight-year-old boy who was possessed. So we get an exorcism. First off, right off the bat, this movie pissed me off because they <laughs> stole. Not only did they steal, they went in and they raped and they pillaged. The shot of the priest coming out of the taxi cab from Exorcist, and I was livid. You know what I'm talking about? No, no, I, I know exactly what you. When I saw it, I actually made a remark, and I was like, "Oh, wait, I, I, all this seems fam- is very familiar. The, the dark, the, the little bit of the misty fog there, the lamp, the light post, even, mm-hmm. um, the back shot of how the priest was looking at the house, the hat. You know, it is all very." Shot for shot, yeah, uh, almost to the to the T. Uh, obviously, locations were different, you know. Um, of course, city versus but, country there. But see, the reason why that, that pissed me off and I to, and I really um, lost a lot of respect for the film right off the bat with that stupid shot. Before we get into the rest of it, is just because if you want to pay homage to something, pay homage to it, but don't just straight up steal it. I mean, they literally just just cut and paste that shot. I'm just like. Wow, that's not paying homage. That's a disrespect. Okay, so you're saying that it's a shot fire. You're not seeing that as as a tip of the hat type no. of thing. I think that they think that they were doing that. 
I think that they were like, oh, 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 I got a deal. Let's go ahead and do the shot. I mean, shot of the shining. Let's 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 do that. And it's like, no, that makes absolutely no sense. Also, <laughs> what doesn't make any sense is the title of this movie. The devil made me do it. Why is why would that not make any sense? Because it's not the devil. And that's something we're going to get into as as the episode here progresses. But it's not the devil. Oh, sh- sure. Whole, I could. I understand that completely. And there's a few questions we can get into about this because I do have questions about our, our right. antagonist. Right. But I, I think, you know, how when you watch a movie, and there are parts in the movie where they say the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that until the end when it was post. Well, it was during the credits. It was. It was a uh, right. you know kind of post scene of the credits where they had uh, where they show. The interviews, the real interviews, and the real recordings of mm-hmm. the story that it's based off of, which I like. Those details are fantastic in, in this movie. I wish they would just do maybe a little bit more of it, um, but it, it still, the interview, the the interviewer was interviewing the real life Ed and Lorraine Warren, and he said those words, the devil made me do it. So I can only imagine that that's where it comes from. Where it comes from. Right. So is, we get, so we defense. get. Yeah. We get David, an eight-year-old boy who was possessed by this demon. Now, this is your Joker bank heist, right? This is the beginning. Boom. Credits have not even rolled. We're into it. We're getting our adrenaline pumped, our popcorn. We haven't even started munching on it yet. And we get some amazing shots, uh, all CGI, of course. But this but this David, this eight-year-old boy, and the way he contorts his body was this absolutely great. I, I will applaud this opening uh, not kill, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like this opening grabber. Oh, uh, very intense. The one thing that was a constant theme in this movie was not just a, ju- a jump out and got you, but like a chase. The boy did it. There was a few jump scares um, when the uh, Arnie, uh, the, or the other main character, when he was having his experiences where it wouldn't, a ghost wouldn't just jump out of you. It would jump in and attack. And there was right. room. For them to to cover, you know, there was ground, and it it was scary because you have something come at you that fast. You know, I'm still reacting to to them to their presence, and that, that this thing come at you because the first jump, one of the first jumps, was the kid uh, who was trying to go to bed, I think, right, and he had an attack in in his bathroom, and he, he jumped out and attacked his dad. Like that was some cool shit, yeah. And then he had, he was just like going all in trying to attack whoever was there, attacked Ed. You know, I'll kill you, old man, or something like that. And it, then when they were dragging him down, the when you're dragging him down the stairs, you had those like CG claw marks scratching the walls because the oh, yeah. people very good. I will not ever say that this opening was not good. This sure. opening was very, very good. Pumped my adrenaline. Then we go off the tracks. <laughs> yeah, we go off the tracks. You know, uh, Ed wakes up in a hospital. And okay, now see, this is one of the things is because uh, the demon who was possessed by the little boy is straddling Ed and he hits him in the heart. He says, I'm going to tear your heart or eat your heart or whatever. And he uh, pretty much gives Ed a heart attack. So that right there tells me this is the third movie, possibly in a trilogy. Well, scream rules, all bets are off. So this is telling me that Ed is either going to be possessed at the end or Ed is going to be killed at the end. Yeah. Right off the bat, because the other two movies didn't have them in danger like that. Right, right. So something's going to happen, right? Yeah, it, it, it was definitely telling. It does seem that as the movie series continues, 
that Ed and Lorraine, more and more of a toll is being taken onto them, onto their they soul, onto physically, you know. Yeah, they look, they were a lot older. And uh, so then, but, 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 but why this opening uh, big exorcism happens, uh, Arnie, who was the boyfriend of the sister of the boy that's possessed, he, he grabs the boy and he's like, take me, take me. And then before Ed passes out, we see Arnie gets possessed. And then, you know, we're not going to go into every little detail, but pretty much what happens is that Arnie is living in uh, the second floor of a house that's also a kennel with his girlfriend, yes. right? Yes. And, and they want to, well, he wants to get out and get away and, and be with him and her, a la Romeo and Juliet kind of stuff. And he's being just not harassed by the landlord, but just like annoyed. He's pushy. The landlord is very pushy and very ignorant too, a selfish kind of guy. And, right. you know, kind of a, just really a, kind of a bad character. Right. Now, Debbie is the girlfriend's name. Fuck her. Worst girlfriend of the year. Oh, come on. She stood by her man the entire time. She did stand by her man, but when he wakes up from like a long 24-hour sleep, she was saying, or it's like it was like a long sleep. He looks pale, he's sweaty, his hair's not done right. He looks like he got the COVID. Yeah, it does. There were many times where a credit to the makeup department, by the way, in this movie. He did look good. Yeah. Uh, they they did a very good job of yeah making him look unwell. But it, what's silly about it is yeah any other person any other real person like the viewer would be like oh that doesn't look normal. All the other characters are just like oh yeah hey you yeah. you need a beer you know you need a you know they or they would just not say it at all. It's just like dude this guy like this looks, guy doesn't look good. Yeah like you know yeah. how do you not see this? Let him let him let him climb a tree with a chainsaw. But he looks really ghostly and sweaty. Oh, he's fine. Just give him a beer. And I just, nah, just unbelievable. And eventually he sees things and the landlord, well, he thinks that, that the demon, but the landlord comes to attack him. Not really, but you know how the ghost. With well, the, what we get yeah. is, yeah, this this one of many where um, the possessed person, I guess if you, yeah, uh, uh, sees things in a different reality and, and thinks that something is coming after them, a demon coming after them. That was a great scare, by the way, in the kennel, I thought, um, where all the lights turned off and there's like this mm -hmm. hallway and the thing just kind of crawl jumps to you. I thought that was great. And what he thought was a demon that he was killing and trying to protect Debbie from this demon was actually, in real life, Bruno. He killed somebody else. He and killed somebody else 22 times, stabbed him. Stabbed him 22 times, and then please come arrest him. And, you know, he's just distraught for that. And then the big reveal is that Ed and Lorraine Warren come there and confirm that he was he is not possessed by a demon because he can do, well, pass all their little tests. Right, and all so, their tests, yeah. Yeah, so now we're back to ground zero. Like we're, we're, I mean, not ground zero, but, you know, we're now we're back to, uh, to the zero, I guess. Now we're back to nothing, So I'm trying right. to say. They have no idea what's going to what's going to happen. So now we have the the detectives, Ed and Lorraine Warren, in this. Not the demonologists. These are the people who are like... And this is what I found unbelievable. It's because their jobs are not to be detectives and seek out police cases and, and get into the legal business of everything, you know. These are, are demonologists. These right, are... Is, yeah. <laughs> Eric, okay, you know what? Uh, for you, which you probably know this about me, and to the fans who don't know this about me at all, this is bullshit. 
they're the demonologist exorcisms this oh no i actually saw a ghost i do not believe in ghosts i do not believe in possessions there is no actual scientific evidence of that if i mean like spoiler alert not only then the movie but in real life the guy here who killed his landlord who said he was possessed he got he got 10 to 20 years and only served five because of good behavior motherfucker went to jail it's, yep. it's it's all bullshit because you're right the reason why i said that is they're supposed to be demonologists their jobs are not supposed to get into the legal shit their jobs are not supposed to get involved in detective work. Their jobs are to be called when the Amityville horror has an issue. Yeah. And, and, a, and, and a lot start of that bullshit. Yeah. And a lot of that happens in this movie with them trying to figure out a bit more, um, going back to the house to try to f retrace their steps as it were. And then they find out about the waterbed, um, that there was a market underneath the waterbed and that there was some rotted wood that they feel that was probably because of the waterbed and Lorraine Warren, soon as they see that they go, Nope, that ain't water damage. That's demon damage. We know that. Let's go underneath the house. They go underneath the house. They find a witch's totem. And then that's when the snowball basically just keeps on rolling downhill out of control. Good, good tension though. I mean, nothing happened in the scene. Because they had to go underneath this crawl space cellar kind of thing. I mean, Lorraine had to be on her hands and knees, and her head was almost touching. You know, uh, so it was it was really really tense. Nothing happens besides them finding this little statue thing underneath where the waterbed is. But it was like, okay, something's gonna pop out, right? We're gonna get that loud bass noise. Nothing happened, and I that got me for a second. I was like, okay, I'm 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 looking for the bullshit. Where's the bullshit? Because I really don't like those kind of scares, Eric. Like, I really don't like the jump scare. Sure. I, I find it to be cheap. And I'm not going to go on a rant about that. But um, Well, there was a lot more jump scares in, in this movie. And that's where the difference in the directing right. shows you. Right. Because in Conjuring 1, they did not have the jump scares. The scariness was the clap games, the silence. This was just, gotcha. And you want to talk about mold bullshit, okay. So we find out, well, Ed and Lorraine go to Massachusetts, because this is in Connecticut, and they're going to investigate the death of Katie Lincoln, who was also stabbed 22 times. Question, I don't know if I want to take a pee during this moment in time, because I said I took three days to watch this. How did they know to go to Massachusetts to investigate the death of Katie, just because she was stabbed 22 times? So, on... Um discovering of the witch's totem underneath the house. Right. They thought just in throwing out lifelines here. Okay. That if they were to distribute this picture to local authorities or local churches or basically wherever that they would get something. And they asked their uh, assistant who's, Oh goodness. Um, I don't know what his name is, you know, but he's been in, he's been in all three movies. He's the camera guy. Yeah, the camera guy. Uh, right. Drew, here it is. Um, that, uh, he's like, hey, okay, we need, we got to send these out. And so they had sent them out to many a different area, and they got a bite from a, a police station that said, hey, we've actually seen something like this. It's involved in a cold case that we have involving these two girls where they're best friends, and one of the girls was stabbed 22 times. And we don't know where the, the missing girl is. And that's when they were like, oh, that's curious. We have another totem of the exact same description, of the looking exactly the same. 
and another victim who was also stabbed 22 times. This seems to be more than just a coincidence. And so that's when they went to go to the police station. They were interrogated by whatever detective was there um, who gave them a, a test of the three knives. The three knives, pick out which knives. And that's when Lorraine pretty much kind of went full psychic there. And was just like, okay, this knife, I'll take you to the murder spot too. And is able to just go full, um, oh, what does she call herself? Not like a medium. A, um, oh, there's well, a name for it. Well, that's what she called herself in real life. Now, also, before we get into this murder of, of Katie Lincoln, didn't we skip over the part where they meet the retired priest? A clairvoyant. Yes. Clairvoyant. Um, that's yeah, clairvoyant. Um, didn't they go to meet a retired priest first? They were referred to, again, in their search that, oh, because, again, Drew found a, a book, right? Uh, just like, oh, hey, by the way, here's also the Necronomicon that I found. Um, <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you guys know what this is about? And of course, they're like, "Oh, I can read this. Yeah, it's in Latin and in written, you know, this and that. Oh, this one's in Aramaic, and we might have some questions for it." And I believe that's when they were referred to by a, someone else, right? right. Um, that there's this retired uh, priest who is uh, an occultist or a member or studied the occult or something like that. Yeah, I think a Father Newman. Oh, he's the priest. Father Gordon uh, maybe referred them. Who we have seen in, in other movies as well too, right? Uh, the Father Gordon, the Exorcist Ghost, uh, the Breeze guy, and so that's what their referral was um, to that guy, right. right? Which we knew that the retired priest had something to do with this whole plot because when they go to the house, he seemed fine, but when he goes to open up the cellar into this basement, this really scary basement, uh, Lorraine says to to Ed, "I don't want to go down there." And then the next shot, she's down there. Um, yeah. and there's all this occult Satan stuff and she's just like freaking out. And then they go and do this Katie, uh, investigation. Um, so then Lorraine does her, not her psychic thing. What do you call it? Uh, she's a clairvoyant. Okay. So just her clairvoyant thing where her, the detective and Ed go up to the middle of the woods where the body was and she puts herself into the situation. We've seen this before in the conjuring movies and we find out. Uh, that her friend was giving her a friendship bracelet. I'm assuming something else was probably going on there. Maybe it seemed like it. The way they assume all you assume all it. you want, Jordan. Sure. I'm just I'm just the, the reason why I brought that up is just because of how the actresses played the parts. That's all. It just seemed like you know like they could kiss at any moment. Like, Nothing. No, no, no. I, I I get I got that vibe too. I just wanted to yeah. make sure, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening, you have to know that Jordan can identify fuck eyes real quick. If you give him fuck eyes, he'll know. Yeah, hundred percent. I know. And if someone else gives someone else a fuck eyes, he'll call it out to uh, to your face in the middle of the barbecue. You yes, know? I will. He'll yep. uh, he'll say like, "Hey, you two are uh, hooking up." Here, go to the bedroom, get it out, and let's and uh, let's go back to the barbecue. Much like Lorraine Warren is a clairvoyant, the same power for Jordan, but with the fuck eyes. There you go. It was obvious, but they give them a friendship bracelet, and then Katie goes nuts. And starts stabbing the shit out of her friend, and she's possessed, right? Yeah. At this point, we don't know why she was possessed, right? This is still kind of happening because here's here's the other thing that we are slowly to reveal is that there is a chain of possessions happening by a Satanist. Yes, a, an older 
Satanist and there's a reveal at the end. But we really don't understand how she's picking these targets. They seem to be at random. I think they had attempted at one point to try to have some sort of like prophecy. Like the targets were not necessarily targeted, but they needed like, you know, a young person. They needed a man, you know, I don't know. I think they were trying to do that, but under some research that I was trying to go for, it really just didn't seem like they followed that pattern. It just seemed like there needed to be three death, three souls that were promised to a demon uh, made by the Satanist in order to achieve we don't know. Which is bullshit, too, because you don't need three souls. We find out later at the end. And they stabbed 22 times. She would things. be the third soul. She would have been the third soul. But she didn't want to be the third soul. We'll discuss that. I know that she didn't want to be. But yeah, the uh, target seemed she, to be... She didn't seem... Yeah, so it, just, it was random. There was Bruno also, was... Yeah. yeah, so Bruno was dead. Um, one of the the girlfriends is dead. And now we're on the, the hunt for the third body. The third right. soul here. Which they find her in the bottom of the cliff. She ran off the cliff when she was possessed. And Lorraine got dragged to say the body's there. This all goes down. <sighs> all this is going on um what's his name again arnie is like just fucked up in his cell just completely fucked up and nobody's bad an eye nobody's paying attention and this is where we find out more information that this occultist is a woman because they go to the funeral home where the body of the katie girl who killed her friends at lorraine touches her and sees what she sees and then they have this big ordeal where it's um she sees where the occultist is, and then she's like, well, you know, if you can do these things, so can I kind of kind of comment. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, is this occultist alive? Is this actually a human being that had a deal? Is this occultist person dead? I, I, I don't know. I still don't know. No, l listen, just rip the bandit off, because everything else that happens after this is actually kind of dumb. Um, okay, okay, fine, rip the bandit off. But she, she has a vision of this the satanist having her ritual and trying to possess arnie so that he can kill himself essentially become the third death and the the curse promise um and through her vision they they meaning ed warren and drew are able to pinpoint a location of wh right. where and who this person is with um in a matter of minutes they're able to 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 do to deduce the location they know the train lines they know the routes they know you know it just seemed very convenient and that was an eye roll for me are we gonna talk about the dead fat guy that was pretty cool the brute yeah that guy was uh, was pretty cool as well um kind of weird that somebody if you want them dead that they would slide off the table and then walk to the other side of the room so that they could get a scare and then take his time how did you get there you had no problem walking over there, but suddenly you have a, a problem walking. I, it, a lot of it just was just like, you don't seem like you're trying to kill that person. You know, it just seemed very kind of for the scare and very dumb. You know what I mean? Like, I, I that's I can be the thing about the other two movies about Conjuring One and Two, is that those scares seemed more malicious, more, uh, more threatening. You know, because it seemed like they were on the brink every time that that you were touching kind of the edge in order to get that ghost to come at you. Whereas at this one, it just seemed like it was convenient, you know, that a ghost would kind of be there for the scare, that the lights happened to just turn off first. 
you know, oh, faulty wiring and things like that, or a timer. There's a, there's a, uh, and I'm sure there's a reason for it, but uh, I, I, for there to be one, it just seems kind of, again, convenient that that's how the lights turned out, you know, or that's why the door opened, or that's why this happened. And it's just, it didn't, it didn't make me a believer, you know? It didn't make you a believer. It didn't make me a believer in this production. Because we get even more bullshit. You say rip off the Band-Aid. Eric, Lorraine goes back to the old retired priest. By herself. And, and by herself, because she was afraid to go down there before. But she's cool to go down there now because it's the climax. And then she talks to him in the basement. And we found out, oh, I had an affair with a woman. She died giving birth. And I had a daughter. And I was studying the occult to try to protect her, to figure out how to get her away from the occult but she fell in love with the occult so this this occultist is actually my daughter bullshit there was a a lot of bullshit happens in this scene and let's start from the top here one this entire thing felt like silence of the lambs Mm. she was on her way to go just simply ask questions for you know just get some answers and then that's when ed and drew Find out, oh my god, she's going to the house where that's where the bad guy's at. And then here's what pisses me off most. Ed goes, Drew, call the police. Make up any excuse to get them there. And then one, Ed beats the police there, having to drive probably a longer distance. And then two, has a good half hour there to do some Ed Warren shit before the police even get there. Right. It's just like what the fuck, and then it's not just one officer. It's a, it's three, four. It's the, it's the it's whole a fucking fleet. squad. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like that's that's dumb. That's that's dumb. Very I, very dumb. I don't like that. You could have had a patrolling officer go in there first and see Lorraine first. That could have been a kill. That could have been a free kill right there. But you missed out on it. I don't know if that was a budget thing or just a bad decision. But that would have been cool to see. It's just some uh, patrolling officer going in there and be like, you know, hey, I got a phone call about some some shit in here, and have the occultist take him over and do some shit. That right. would have been great. I would have liked good. to have seen that, but we didn't get but, that. No, we didn't get it because because that's a cliche that you could have done, and in in a franchise that's dare I say is nothing but cliches that are just doing jump scares. It's 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 really annoying, and what's really annoying too is that the old preacher wants to help her. He's just like. Hey, you know, my daughter, I haven't seen in years. So, like, she's the occultist. Run. I have underground tunnels attached to this house. I haven't seen my daughter in years. And then she goes into underground tunnels, and in the middle of it is the occultist church, the occultist <laughs> temple. Haven't so seen you haven't, her in forever, but her, haven't her seen her forever. altar is probably down in there somewhere. But she's been living in your tunnels for how long? It makes yeah. no sense at all. And we find out that the occultist uh, made a deal, let's just say with the devil, I don't know, a demon. It's a demon. It's a demon. And you were saying, which I did not get from this movie, uh, so maybe I should pay attention next time, was three souls, and she gets to, I don't know, give birth to the Antichrist, uh, live forever, uh, go to hell with the demon, I don't know, because it was never told to us why she made this deal with the demon to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Which, 
it's very was unclear. a drop issue. That, that's that's horrible. If it, anyway, I'm not going to ramble on about that, but that's something that you have to do in a very simple, stupid movie like this. Yeah. I'm going to do this because I'm going to get this. That's how it happens. And the, the other mean, thing, too, is that they they have the answer, too. Like, they read the book, and it's just like, oh, does it say how to defeat the curse? It's like, oh, actually, it does right here. It says just destroy. Simply, here in plain English, just destroy the altar that the curse is performed on. And uh, that's it. That's about it. And it's just that's like, it. that's, yeah, that was that's a video game tutorial. Like, that's that doesn't happen. Right, 100%. Because when they say destroy the altar, I'm thinking... A big scary altar, set it on fire. Yeah. You know, no, all you do is take a sledgehammer to it. But now this is where I call bullshit again on the occultist woman who is trying to do this. If you got to pick an eight-year-old boy, well, he's not going to give too much of a struggle. So, okay, I get why you do it. But she also was floating. This occultist also like also like changed into smoke and floats. So I'm assuming either a she's dead. B, she has the demon powers. Maybe the demon possessed her too to be able to do these things. But then C, you're telling me that the occultist was like this random eight-year-old boy for uh, no reason gets into the cellar crawl space of the house and puts this statue underneath underneath the bed, underneath the floor? I assume that she did that. Who did? The occultist? The occultist. That's what I'm saying. Why? Yeah. That again. That was a big she, reason why. Why did uh, she pick them? Why did she? So she had to go underneath the house. Why, why did she pick a college girl there? at Fairfield to randomly Which, give a, a a totem to? And how did she get a totem? And why did the girl decide to like? Oh, hey, this is cool. I'm gonna take it with me. Take it home with me. It it just seemed a lot of it again. You know, oh hey guys, I found the Necronomicon. It goes back to that. Yeah, and tripe. it's just like it's tripe. It's, yeah. it's terrible because also they said that that girl, that Katie girl, that killed her friend, was a hundred miles away from from uh, from the boy. So there's yeah. just no pattern. Yeah, it, it does seem. A, I don't want to call it sloppy. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the right word for it. I, I think it's where I'm trying to go, but I, I, you know what I mean. Like it's just the edges aren't rounded. On this, they're still no, rough. it's all over the place. Oh, it's very rough. So then the occultist possesses, or the demon possesses Ed. It's like, oh, call that one, just like I said, begin the episode. Something's gonna happen, right? And he wields a sledgehammer, and again, they get another fuck you moment from Jordan when they do a ripoff shot of The Shining. You know the shot I'm talking about. I know right? exactly which one you're talking about. I'm like, so you're gonna rip off The Exorcist? But to the fans who haven't seen this movie, maybe. The camera goes below the knees to the feet behind Ed, and his one foot, his right foot, is kind of turned in slowly like it had damage while he's dragging a sledgehammer. Wow, that's not the shiny. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good moment. That part, too, when, yeah, he's, he's down and he kind of has the sledgehammer kind of carrying it with double hands below his waist and just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, humping along, lumping along, whatever the hell. Is, yeah, he's sure. lurched over and just kind of dragging his feet a little bit. Um, yeah, it, I, that's a good good call, Jordan. I kind of got that vibe on it, too. Yeah, not paying homage. Theft. There's a difference between the two. And, boy, they did not pay homage. They total theft. So, of course, you know, Ed is wheeling the sledgehammer. And where's the occultist? We don't know. She could have been doing other cool stuff to try to, like, like you yeah. said, other cops come in. 
you know, and then like and like Ed has to like defeat the cops too or Lorraine. None of that happens. And then how the demon's curse is broken from Ed as she says, remember how we first met. And then it's like demon gone. Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of movies that say, oh, the answer was love. You've had it in you all the time. You know, I, I was the pissed off when Harry Potter did that. I, I'm pissed off when any other movie does that. Just like, oh, it was the answer was within you the entire time. It was our, lung, our love. It's a cop out. I, I, I get it. Sure. Um, I, and it, it's fine for these two characters. It works for them. I get that. But I'm it, it's just it wasn't the right it's time frustrating. yeah it, 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 no it's frustrating yeah especially in the, a good way to put that too is like while a lot of these antics are happening in the basement and these in these tunnels uh and being um uh getting blood sported uh in his eye there the dust blown in his face and now he's mm -hmm. possessed and trying to kill lorraine and then the the love talk uh, makes him unpossessed he beats the the, the possession uh the occultist just is kind of like again She's conveniently missing or conveniently there when it favors the challenge to our protagonists. It's silly to me. It's very silly um, that if somebody really like her really, really wanted it done, especially in this movie, she had, was given many opportunities to do so. Oh, yeah. And, and it didn't it, like nothing ever came to it. You know, like it, it was just a, a bother. And again, sloppy. You were talking about a bother and also sloppy. Well, I call bullshit on this too. Let's go back to another scene. Why all this is going on? This is a big point that I have for you, bud. Is Arnie is inside the prison, and a preacher's there with his girlfriend doing an exorcism. Okay, now this is what the movie shows us. I'm not making this up, fans. And on the other side of the prison wall, there's this glass window where human beings are witnessing Arnie being possessed and contorting his body and floating in the air. Okay? And at the end of the movie, he still gets five years for murder. You got all these witnesses. Yeah, yeah. That were like, they're like motherfucker flew in the air. I made a point of that too, where there was like some, some lady, some nurse, or whatever in, the, in this infirmary, just kind of sitting behind this glass, doesn't move the entire bit, doesn't flinch. She's kind of like that that the receptionist from Monsters Inc. She just kind of just stands there or sits there, and she's kind of like, okay, next, you know, are you right. guys, you're gonna have to clean that up, you know? It's just like, like did, and then cops came in, like guards came in to see it too. You're right, yeah. Uh, all these, all these witnesses, and it's just like you have a girlfriend, you have the nurse, you have these cops, you also have the preacher himself who did the exorcism. We're like, motherfucker, flew up in the air. He turned himself into a box. He was crawling, a la fucking exorcist style, like on his, like just like the reverse crab walk thing. Like motherfucker was possessed. Windows were broken. Windows Lights, were shattered. The alarms went off. Yeah. So jump ahead before we get to the you know before because we're skipping this but the whole point is is that this is where you fuck up in this kind of movie because this is based on a real case so the guy in real life gets 10 to 20 years for first degree murder but he gets off in five years that's the real life story and him and debbie still to this day are married just so you know for fun fact but for this movie 
You see a guy floating in air, speaking in tongues, contorting his body. You have countless numbers of witnesses. And he's still, it's at the movie, there's like, well, he served five years. What the fucking fuck? I'll tell you one better, Jordan. At the end of the movie, when the cops come to the that house, and there's, there's going to be two dead bodies there. There's going to be one uh, Kastner, uh, the, 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 the occultist priest, and then the occultist herself. Two dead bodies in that house, and the survivors, Ed and Warden, what are they going to tell him? Oh, hey, there was a possession here that happened. She killed him, and then the, and then the devil took her. And the cops are like, oh, yeah, okay, that's legit. Which is, yeah, which again is bullshit because this is what I said earlier before we get into our ratings of why I don't think that the deal was for her to be taken to hell because uh, her her right hand contorts backwards in a weird way and then like her whole body kind of like twist, you know, around. Yeah. She's in pain. She's dying, clearly. And then that's when the demon comes out and takes her. She did it. Give me the actress, the occultist, did not give me a reason to go. Oh, I have been contorted into this position, and I'm being taken by my savior. No, yeah. it was like, oh fuck me, you know just, what I mean? It just kind of happened really fast, and it's right. just like if, if it happened that fast for you, why didn't it happen that fast for all the others? Right, and 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 why leave her body contorted? Because that was a weird position. So I think that's where the cops would be like, huh? Her body seems like a like a spider that's weird you know it's just it's just chop just sloppy choppy just uh no no i get it it's yeah well let's 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 have at it then jordan eric what is your popcorn rating for conjuring three the devil made me do it uh listen this is a a small bag i feel like we've been having a trend of, of small bags lately and hopefully we'll get back into it uh somewhere maybe it's just the scary movies but i enjoy the conjuring universe i really do i like james wan he did not do the screenplay. He did not write this movie. It was a story provided by, which means I'm assuming that the team that was on this, or he probably had his team uh, go into it and be like, all right, we want to do another country movie. I'm going to be doing these other movies instead. You guys work on this one, and this is what I want you to do it on. Go. I, I think that's probably what happened here. I, I just... It's just a small bag. Like it, it could have been better. It really could have, but it it's just not. And I I don't know if it, it's just because I'm expecting that James Wan touch. I know he's I know that he is basically consumed by Aquaman right now, um, and that's fine. But like this this movie was missing so much, and I think it's going to hurt the franchise because of it. It's it's just a small bag. We we've laid out all the problems with it as well too. Listen, I love the actors in it. I love. Uh, uh, Patrick Wilson, I've, I've made that uh, known many times, I think, to everybody who knows me, that uh, uh, I've got a man crush on him. And I, I like uh, Vera uh, Farmiga, and too, she's, she has a great job as Lorraine Warren. I like hearing these two. I like their right. adventures. I like their movies. I, I really do. I want to see more of it. This one was just a miss. And you, they all can't be winners. I get that. Um, but, you know, bring James Wan back. Or, or have him produce this movie or or do more with this movie this didn't feel like it was in the same universe this felt like a completely separate movie from the franchise um and that's just play, play it felt like one of the spinoffs it felt like you know like the the annabelle or or the nun more than it felt like the conjuring all right fair enough i mean 
I, I can't disagree with what you said, but I will say, no surprise to you or the fans, this is my second no bag of the year. This movie's garbage. I mean, I mean, literally, this movie is garbage. I mean, this is the same category. The only film I've given no bag to this year has been Songbird, and this is in that same goddamn ballpark. Hmm. It, it's Patrick Patrick Wilson, right? That's his name? Yes. And, well, okay, Ed and Lorraine. They are the reasons why this franchise is good. This is their Freddy Cougar, this this franchise. They are the Jason, the Michael Myers. That's who you're here to see. Not the ghosts, not the other characters. It's the Ed and Lorraine because they're so good together. Other than that, this movie has nothing going for it. It has no reason to exist. I mean, people get stabbed 22 times. Why? Explore that. Yeah, fuck you. Why is, why is Demon possessing random, random fat dead guy? I don't know. Fuck you. Why is the occultist even picking these victims? Fuck you. I mean, that's exactly what they're saying to us. Yeah. And if they say fuck you, I say, well, fuck you too, bud. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just not good. This is this is a really, really shitty movie. And it says a lot, because I've seen a lot of shitty movies, for me to take three days to watch this thing. You made a bad movie, okay? Just stop it. What needs to happen is that this franchise needs to fall flat on his face with the next movie. Whatever Conjuring Universe, as they call it, is next. It needs to fall flat on its face, and then James Wan needs to go, all right, screw Aquaman and Star Trek and all these other movies and Fast and Furious, and I'm going to save this franchise I created. This is a bad movie. 100% just a bad, 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 bad movie. And uh, I don't ever want to see it again. Um... I will probably ever see the second one again. The first one holds a special place in my heart, but other than that, yeah, no bag, man. Just, just I can't recommend this to anybody. A no bag, a no bag. All right, it's, then it's not good. It's you not hear good. here first, everybody. Things seen, not heard. Better rating than Conjuring. Devil made me do it. Yes, because at least things seen and heard, or things not heard, or whatever, had at least something that was entertaining. The, the, it, it caught my interest. I watched it in one sitting. I, I mean, this took me three fucking days. Yeah. And it's it's not even two hours. Well, yeah, again, I, I, it's hard when I'm watching a movie like this and I'm comparing it to movies that I've already seen. Like Exorcism of Emily Rose is a mm. good is a good one to compare this one to. Or uh, uh, Exorcism Origins is a good one to compare this mm. to. You I'm know, like, in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like these, these are all kind of the same types of movies, mm-hmm. and where you have this exorcism that that that's going into it. But these are over the top exorcisms. These are not like The Exorcist, where it's intimate in a bedroom and it's and it's a lot is on the line, you know, and it's intense, you know, and it, it's you get more from that um, because it cuts deep. Too, it's not. It's not just the spooky part of it too. There's a dialogue in mm-hmm. it too. It's scary about that. That's why that movie worked. But this is where, when when the people who are being possessed, when they contort and when they levitate and do all that, and it happens multiple times, and no one is none the wiser or pretending like it didn't happen. It doesn't even make papers. Like what the fuck? How is this not making? But you know what I mean. Like right. it's it's it's. <sighs> You can't not forget about it, and it just seems like it's taking from other movies. You've already said that it's ripped off uh, a few movies already as a classic. I don't think um, that it's – 
you know, going to be to, you know, to leave all the other movies out of it, too. This just seemed like a hodgepodge of movies we've already seen before. That's why it didn't work. Yeah, that's why it didn't work. And I want to say my piece on this and my piece on it is if you're going to make a movie, if this was me being asked to make this movie, I would throw the whole script out. Because this is based on a real conviction. This is a real fucking case. The first case ever in American history where the accused said the devil made him do it or he was possessed. So what you do is you make a completely different fucking movie. You can show some ghostly or spiritual satanic shit or whatever to kind of fuck with the audience. But the whole point is at the end of the movie, you don't have your accused floating in air and contorting and speaking in tongues in front of 30 fucking people. You leave it open to the audience to go, well, hmm, was it actually a possession or was he just faking? That's what this movie needed, not this bullshit. Yeah. And that, that's my anger of it. It's just, just that's why it got no back for me, Eric, because it's like – that just that ending alone just makes no sense. I'm going to take three souls. Okay, great. What do you get in return? Fuck you. No, no, I, I get it. And I, though I can't disagree with you, it just hurts to hear because it is a it is a favorite fr- franchise of mine. And it's you know the fall from grace. It's yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. But I hope next week when we come back, we're going to give you guys something good. Eric knows what we're going to be doing. I'm excited what we're going to be doing. So next week we'll come back with another awesome episode, like always. But make sure to check us out on movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook on all social media platforms. Or you can download this episode and many others on any platform that you get your podcast from. Eric, thanks so much for joining me. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.